14. Joel is prophesying about the events of the uh, end of the coming of Christ and the end of the world and things that's going to happen and how the world is going to come against Israel and uh, basically the church will be sitting on the sideline and uh, God is going to fight the battle. But Joel said uh, all the nations are going to rise up to fight against God and God's going to bring them right where he wants them. As we look at this scripture, we're going to open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your presence that we've already felt here. Father, we thank you that wherever we are, your power, your spirit, and your presence dwells with us. And tonight, Lord, as we look upon your word, we ask for a special anointing upon your word and upon the servant tonight. And let us, Lord, minister words of comfort and words of strength and lift us up, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Now, in Joel, the third chapter, verse 14, He says it this way, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Now, whenever I looked at this, the Lord began to talk to me a little bit and he said, Go away from the day of the Lord, but think about the valley that the church is in tonight. There's ministers tonight that have all kinds of problems in their congregation. There's ministers that don't know what to preach because they don't know how to go about without making somebody mad. There's ministers that are afraid to preach what the gospel says because they're going to lose people in their congregation. And so they have problems to deal with. And then there's all the other things that goes on in life, family problems and things of this nature. So what kind of a valley is the church in tonight? A deep valley. And wherever a child of God is, the present of God is there with them. I like that song they said. I may be in deep water. I may be blowing bubbles. But the presence and the spirit of God is right there with me. I'm glad I got a life jacket when I go out into the water. Because that way I know I can keep my head up above the water. Now if you're dumb enough to go out in a boat without a life jacket you're pretty dumb. If you want to try to get along in life without God, you're not any smarter. So as we look tonight, there are several different types of valleys. 
Now, a valley is simply a low place between two hills. Some of them can be shallow. Some of them can be deep. So let's look at some spiritual valleys tonight. Sickness can cause you to walk in a valley. God said in his word, I'm the God that heals you. But sometimes we might be like the Apostle Paul. We might have a thorn in our flesh that God hasn't removed. And so even though we're praising, we're praying, we're believing, we still have not received the healing. Not because we don't have faith. Sometimes old age just takes its toll on some of us. Uh, I'm like uh, I'm the old drunk. Went to the doctor and he, he went and the doctor examined him and told him everything that was wrong with him. And he said, man, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I would have took better care of myself when I was young. Well, sometimes we just don't take care of ourselves. And when we get older, all those aches and pains kind of catch up with us, and we live in that valley of pain. That's why God gave us Tylenol. But we, we have medicine, but we also have the great physician. Yeah. I've, I've been sick, I've been prayed for, and I've been healed. Some things God has not healed. And so I just have to cope with it. But I know what it's like to be healed by the presence of God. And so every time I think about what God has done, I start climbing out of that valley a little bit closer. And I get a little bit higher up. And I start thinking about how great God is. Uh, there are some valleys mentioned in the Scripture. In Joel, I think it's over in the first part of that chapter, it talks about the, the same situation, bringing him into the valley of Jehoshaphat. So here he names the valley that the multitudes are going to be in. So tonight, how many of you in here have ever had a valley experience? Every one of us. Some of us are still in that valley. So tonight, we're going to see what we can do about climbing up a little higher with God and walking up out of that valley and start walking up on a level plateau. And the first thing to do, as Brother Dave has been talking about, is a mindset. I'm not going to stay this way forever. I'm going to climb up out of that mountain, out of that valley, and I'm going to get on something level where I can walk with God and enjoy the presence of God. And we can, wherever we're at, God's presence is with us. The psalmist David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff are with me and they comfort me. Now, some have said that was a real place. Out of, just out of ways from Jerusalem, a lot of hill country, and travelers coming in there were robbed all the time. They were beaten, and they were left for dead. 
And so David said, even though I walk down that trail, I may be walking by myself, but I got God's angels with me, and I've got his presence with me. And a rod is what a, a shepherd uses to drive off the enemy. And a staff what he leans on when he's tired. He'll stand there and he'll lean on that staff, and he'll hold himself up with it. But the rod is his weapon. The staff is his resting place. And so God gives us, even in that valley, he gives us a place to rest. And he gives us an anchor to hold on to so that our feet are stable. And you walk with that staff so that your feet are more secure. Uh, I was thinking of, I was thinking about that many years ago. I was down in Biloxi, Mississippi. And it was kind of about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and like a dummy, I was walking down the road. And uh, there's a long straight stretch along the beach. And uh, on the left side was Andrew Jackson's house and big old uh, place out the plantation. And as I was walking along there, city cop pulls up, slips his lights on, pulls his, rolls down his window and says, Come here, man. I walked over there. He said, don't you know how dangerous this is? I said, what? I'm just walking on the sidewalk. He said, there's about a mile and a half here, no lights or nothing, and he said, every night somebody gets robbed along this stretch. And he said, get in the car, and I'll take you downtown. So he drove me downtown where everybody was at. And he said, now you find somebody to bring you back. That was the hand of God. Amen. He said, they sat out there on that beach and watch. And when somebody comes walking along by themselves, they will get them. I said, well, thank you for the warning, and you won't have to worry about me doing it again. <laughs> but you never know what, what you get into sometimes. Just, I mean, I, I didn't feel, I enjoyed the walk. But I didn't know the danger that was around me. Sometimes in life, we put ourselves in dangerous situations, and we don't realize the danger, but God makes us aware of it. He lets his spirit minister to us and tell us, hey, don't go there because you may not be able to get out of what you get into. And so as David was talking about that valley, there comes a time in our life when we're placed in a valley. It may be finances. It may be family problems. It may be our own emotions. And different things causes us to sink in the natural. And the more we dwell upon those problems, the lower we will sink. And so again, it's a mental thing. Start thinking positive every day. Don't think about where I am. Think about where I'm going. Think about what's ahead. Don't look behind. Keep your eyes upon the, God, upon the Lord and walk with your head up. I have a bad habit at work and everywhere else. When I'm walking, I'm looking down at the ground. And you'd be surprised how many times I hit this noggin on something. And man, it hurts sometimes. I remember one day 
big old backhoe standing out there. And it's just sitting there, and I'm looking at it, and I walk right into the back bucket of it. Put a knot right there, and it hurt like crazy. All I had to do was raise my head, but I walked right into it because I wasn't watching where I was going. I was too busy looking at my feet to pay attention to what's around me. Sometimes when we sink down in the mud, we look at our feet. Uh, have you ever had a pair of gumbo boots stuck in the mud? Man, them things get hard to get out. And when you get them out, you got mud up to about here, and they weigh about five pounds more. So we're walking around now with a whole lot of un unnecessary weight because of where we went. Watch where we're going. Keep our eyes open and be alert spiritually as well as physically. Keep your spiritual eyes open and look for the presence of God. Look for the power of God in everything we do. Keep our spiritual eyes looking toward God and we'll not be bumping our head all the time. We won't be hurting ourselves. We'll have our eyes upon Jesus Christ. So a physical place, a spiritual place, or a low point in our life, a relationship with God. Sometimes we get into a valley. We get into a, what we call a dry spell. We feel like we can't find the presence of God. Job said, I looked for him. I hunted for him to the left. I hunted for him to the right. I hunted for him behind me and ahead of me. I couldn't find him. It wasn't because God wasn't there. It was because God wasn't revealing himself in Job's situation. So sometimes we have to walk by faith instead of by uh, looking and by sight and by feeling. If we go by our feelings in the spiritual, we will fail every time because we want to get high on God. But, you know, there comes a time when you got to come back down. And that's sad when you got to float back down. But then you got to climb back up. But God wants us in a, a relationship with him where we're the same every day. He don't want us high one day and down here on the ground the next day. He wants us in a level plane where he can walk and talk with us. And it's hard for God to talk with us when we're concerned more about us than we are about listening to him. And when we get our spiritual ears and eyes in a level place with God, God can use us. He will talk to us. He will give us dreams and visions, and he will walk with us every day, and he will reveal himself to us in our situation. It doesn't matter how low we sink. God's hand is long enough, is strong enough, it has never lost any of its strength that he cannot reach down and pull us up. He can bring us up out of the, the deepest valley if we will reach up to him. God can reach down as far as he can reach, but if we don't reach back up, God's limited to what he can do. But when we reach back up to him and say, Lord, 
I've been in this valley long enough. Pick me up and set me on something solid. Now, in a valley, you think of an, in a between a mountain, little old valley, a nice peaceful place. Got a grass growing, maybe little old stream running through there. But it's also a low place. You can't see very much. All you can do is look around and see what's way down there on the bottom. But when you get back up on top, you'll be amazed. I know all of us have probably been up on a mountaintop at one time or another, up on Petty Jean or some mountain here in the Arkansas or one of the other mountain ranges. Get up on top of that mountain, you can see a long way, and you can see everything out there. And you can stand there and look and see them birds flying out across there. And it so looks so quiet and so peaceful. But God just get out of the valley. Come up here where I'm at. And let's walk together for a while. Get your mind on me. And get your mind off the circumstances and the situations of life. Get your mind on me. And let me walk with you. Let me show you how to grow. In Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, God brought Ezekiel to a valley. And he showed him what was in that valley. Thousands upon thousands of dry, bleached bones. And sometimes... That's what God sees when he looks at us today. He looks at a carcass that's dry because there's no spirit of God in there. He looks at a carcass that's useless because he can't use them. And then, as Ezekiel watched, things began to happen because the spirit of God began to move. Same thing in our life. God, we may lay down in a Valley where it feels like we're in a bunch of dry bones and the church is all dried up and nothing has happened, nothing's going on in the church. Well, it's got to start with you. It's got to start with one person. When one person starts worshiping and praising God, those bones come alive. And the Spirit of God starts bringing all of us refreshing breath from heaven and one person will start over here, another one over here, one or two over here, and the next thing you know, just like it was a while ago, everybody's going to be up at the front worshiping God and praising God. But it won't happen till the first person says, Lord, here I am. Use me. Let me be the one tonight, Lord, that unlocks the key that opens up the service so your presence can move and do what you want to do. Each one of us has one of those keys, a spiritual key that unlocks the spiritual move of God in the house of God. And if you keep yours locked, God's Spirit may not move on you. And I've been there. I've been in a church where everybody was getting blessed but me. And I thought, what in the world is wrong? All these people are feeling something. 
and I'm sitting here wishing I could. And after I talked to God a little bit, I found out it wasn't him that was the problem. So sometimes we let self get us in a valley. We let our, our own emotions bring us down and hold us down. And that's not the will of God. But God moves all around us every day. There's not a thing in this world that the hand of God really and truly is not in. Some things are going contrary to what we want. But God right now has a great big jigsaw puzzle and he's putting it together one piece at a time and some pieces look kind of funny but God knows exactly where they go and he puts all those pieces together it's just like mine in your life sometimes our life is just like a jigsaw puzzle and only God can scramble it up and put all the pieces back together and make a pretty picture out of our life and the he brings us up out of that valley and lets us walk with him. There were two places in the scriptures, over in Joshua and over in the book of 1 Kings, where the people were brought to a time to make a decision. Joshua brought all the people together, and he said, Choose this day whom you will worship. Well, I think the church needs to make a decision. Are we going to worship God? Or are we going to be like man and just do what we want to and call it religion? They worshiped God. And God blessed Joshua during his time. He was fixing to leave, and he challenged the people. He said, choose this day. Are you bold enough to walk with God? Are you strong enough to walk with God? Do you have the mental capacity to say, I don't care what everybody else does. I want to walk with God. The people said, we will do it. That didn't last very long, but they, said they had the right intention. Just like a lot of people in the church today, they have the right intention, but they're not close enough to God to stand when the trials come. Those we need to pray for. We need to lift one another up. And as I've said so many times, a church is just as strong as its weakest link, just like a chain. You can take an old chain you can tie it between two trucks and start pulling the other truck with one truck. And if you jerk it a little bit, that chain's subject to break. As long as there's a steady pressure, that chain will work good. But when you start jerking it, that chain will break. When we get under pressure, that's when we see the hand of God. And it's just like that chain, when we get jerked sometimes by the enemy, we snap. And we crackle and pop. I do that all the time. <laughs> but sometimes we fail because of the pressure the enemy puts on us. 
Not because God is weak, but because I am weak. And I fail under pressure sometimes. That's when we have to call upon God for renewal of his strength in our life. And then another time, Elijah brought the people together. And he said, let the God that answers by fire be God. And if Baal answers, we'll serve him. If Jehovah answers, we will serve him. And it says the people didn't say a thing. They were waiting to see. If they had been serving an idol in vain, or if that idol was going to do something. And as they, the prophets of Baal did all their hollering and screaming and all the things that they did, it looked real religious. Man, it looked good. But nothing happened. They hollered and screamed until they couldn't talk no more. Nothing happened. Elijah prepared the sacrifice, did everything that he was going to do, and then he poured all that water around there, and then he backed up because he knew God was fixing to do something. And he said, let the God that answers by fire be God. And he made it just as hard as he could for God to do it. He soaked it in water, and then he stood back and said, there it is, God. You do your thing. I challenge you tonight. Tell God, here I am, Lord. Do your thing in me. Let that fire that licked up that sacrifice, let it burn in me tonight. Let the Holy Spirit set me aflame and burn in me. So not so I will glow, but so they will see your glory through me. Let me, Lord, be the light that shines around those around me. And let them see me, even though I may be in a valley. I want my light to shine. I want them to see that light. And maybe they'll ask me, how can you be so happy with so many things going wrong in your life? It's not my life. Because I don't, it's not me. I belong to God. Paul says, I have been, you have been bought with a high price. We are not our own. We belong to God. And sometimes God allows us to walk in those valleys so we can draw closer to him. Sometimes we'll have a valley experience so we'll know what it's like and we can relate to others. If I've never been sick in my life, I can't tell you how it feels to be sick and be healed. If I've never had a problem, I can't tell you how to solve your problem. They say some of the, the best marriage counselors have never been married. All they do is read a book. They've never lived it themselves. If you haven't lived it, then you can't tell someone else how to live. If you fail for God, get up. Start all over. Don't lay there, but get up and say, God, I failed. But that 
was in the past. That gone. Lift me up now, Lord. Lift me up and let me walk on a higher plane with you. Lift me up out of my valley, Lord, because I've been there long enough. One of the hardest things about a valley, you have to have a mental decision. I don't want to be here any longer. I've had enough of this, and I want out. You know, you can, I've been in a building before in the dark. You know there's a door there, but you can't find it. You know that you came in there, so there's a way out. Every valley has a way out of it. Look for that way out, and don't give up. Don't be complacent, but decide, I've been in this valley long enough, and to that, I want to climb up out of this valley, and I, want, I don't want back in here again. I want to be stronger. Now, as I said, a valley has flowers, it has grass, it has all the things that look good, but you don't want to dwell there. You may pass through it, but that's all you want. Pass by and keep going. Don't dwell in a low place in your life. A spiritual battle goes on every day for you and I. We are tempted. We are tried. We don't know the spiritual warfare that goes on around us. But I know for a fact that every day we come up against something that can cause us to fall. There's a spiritual battle, and Satan wants to bring us down. He wants to make us lose our testimony and make us lose our effectiveness around others. His desire is to keep us in that valley. God's desire is to wake us up and let us see what's around us and help us climb out of it. So if you're in a valley, tell yourself, Self, I've dwelt here long enough. I don't want to take up roots here. It's time to move. And like a little television show used to be, moving on up, that's what we're going to have to do with God. We've got to move on up just a little bit higher with God. And it starts right now, tonight. Tell God, I've been in my valley, and I'm ready to climb out. And I know an uphill climb takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of willpower. But it also takes determination. And when we put those things in it, gear, it's just like putting a car in gear. When we get our mind made up, we're going to be determined to win. Then we'll climb up out of that mountain. We'll be up on a higher ground. And then we can look back and say, God, that's where I used to be. But because of you, I don't dwell there anymore. I dwell in a higher level place with God. And I dwell up above the problems 
I'll never be without a problem, but I'll also never be without a problem solver. All I got to do is learn how to turn them over to him and let him take care of them. He's been doing this for nearly 6,000 years. I think by now he's got it pretty well worked out, and there's not anything that's going to come new to him that he can't take care of. He's had a lot of practice <coughs> working on imperfect people, and he's not given up yet. He still has some, a ways to go. Excuse me for just a second. Second best thing God made was water. The first was air. So every child of God has a mountaintop experience. There have been times when I felt like I could take the devil on with bare fist and whip him. And there have been times I've said, Lord, he's kicking me to death. So I know what highs and lows are like. And I know what it's like to be level with God. To wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Lord, for this day. For this is a day that you have made. And you made it just for me. So I can praise you. And I can enjoy your presence. And I know I have to get up and I have to go to work and I have a whole lot of things to do, but I don't have to do anything without him. And I can't do anything without him. As the song says, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Now, I may think I can do a lot of things, but God has showed me I can't do nothing without him. He let me sit for, four, for about three months without even being able to hardly walk across the floor. So he showed me, I, you ain't nothing without me. And I recognize every one of us is here tonight by the power, by the grace and love of God. And we may be getting older. Our bodies may be getting weaker. But the spiritual man should be getting stronger every day because every day we walk with God, he builds us up, just like working and exercising. You can take an old muscle, quit using it. It won't be long or useless. But you can take just a little old two-pound weight, and you pick that little thing up, and you start working it every day. 10, 12, 15 times a day. You start working that little two-pound weight, one hand. And then in about two or three months, look and see which arm's the strongest, the one that you've been exercising. Time to exercise our spiritual muscle. Time to tell God, build up those muscles and let me fight for you. If there's a battle going on, Lord, I don't want to sit on the sideline. I want to be in the battle because you've already told me the battle is yours, not mine. I just want to be there so I can see the victory 
and I give shout to the victor and give praise to God. So every day we may have things come against us, but every day is God's day. Not just the Sabbath, not just Sunday, but every day belongs to God. And every one of us in here belongs to God. If God created us, we belong to him. Some people may not serve him, but they still belong to him. God still has control in their life, and some people do not even realize who God is. But God is in control of their life, just like he is in yours and mine. We've been in this valley of decision or indecision. And I wrote it this way. A valley of good intentions and compromise long enough. Tonight, let us leave our valley behind and begin to walk forward with God. <clears throat> Don't stay in the valley. But look back at the valley and say, God, I may have been there yesterday, but I'm not going to be there tomorrow. With your help, we're going to get out of this valley, and we are going to be victorious. God is going to bring his people forward. He's never marched backward. You ever watched an army try to walk backward? They don't do it. They turn around, but they don't walk backward. They go forward, and they advance against the enemy. That's what God wants his church to do tonight. He wants to take a stand and go with him and fight against the powers of the enemy. We have the winning side. We have all we need to be victorious every day of our life. If we're in a valley, most of the time we put ourselves there. Sometimes things go happen. And every day in life, things happen. You can look at it in the positive, or you can look at it in the negative. Take an old 12-volt battery, and it's got a positive post and a negative post, and you take a wire and stick to them, sparks start flying. It's time God's people get some sparks flying and start get on, set on fire with God and start moving forward with him. It's time for the church to advance the kingdom of God. Tonight I want you to focus on your last valley experience. Think about it for just a minute. It could have been a family problem. could have been a financial problem. It could have been stupid decisions that I made. A lot of things go wrong in our life. Focus on that just for a minute. And then think. How am I going to keep it from happening again? The first thing we do 
that we center our life upon Christ. Give him the reign and authority in our life. And then tell him, Lord, this valley has been deep. I don't want to go there again. So by your help, Lord, help me to stay out of those valleys. Help me make right decisions. Help me work problems out, whether they're financial problems, family problems. Lord, help me to go forward with you. And help me, Lord, not to dwell in the past, but help me to think upon the future. Father, tonight we do thank you. Your word tells us to give you praise in all things. And we recognize that our emotions control our life. If we're happy, we're living by circumstances. If we're sad, it's because the circumstances have brought us down. But Father, we recognize that you have given us joy and you have given us peace and you've placed us, Lord, on this earth not for our benefit but for the benefit of others. Help us tonight, Lord, as your servant to be humble before you and allow your spirit to use us to touch others. Help us, Lord, to rise above our circumstances. And help us, Lord, to draw closer to you. Because we know that the closer we get to you, the greater your love will be in us and manifested through us. Father, Keep your hand over us and draw us closer tonight and help us, Lord, to stay level and stay on the same plane with you because you are a God of high places and you're a God of great things and you're the God that controls our life. Thank you tonight, Lord, for all your blessings and we give you praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.